Hey there, this is April with Myonomics, and we are breaking down the strategies on how to sell on Amazon. On our team, we have seven-figure Amazon sellers with years of experience selling, advertising, and even exiting. On Myonomics, we cover all the angles to help you sell and scale on Amazon. So let's get into it. Hello, welcome. Welcome to our webinar. This is April Beasley uh, with Mayan and uh, our webinar is four things you should know about launching a product on Amazon. Um, I have here Zach Linner from Gemba. Hey, Hello. Zach. How are you <laughs> doing today? I'm doing great. Just trying to stay warm in the cold. <laughs> so I'm sure a lot of America is right now as well. And tell us where you're coming from today. Yeah, I'm up in Minneapolis, Minnesota, where it's a balming negative four. Um, so really trying to stay warm up here as much as we can. I feel guilty for even griping about our weather. I'm in Austin, and um, I don't know exactly what the temperature is. Um, I think it's like around 30 degrees, So, but it is a lot warmer than where you are. <laughs> <laughs> I'm jealous. That's a, summer, that's a nice summer day for us. <laughs> exactly. Well, thank you everyone for joining us. We are so excited. Um, we think it's really important to talk about product launches um, and how to pick your product. Um, I know a lot of people are really thinking about it. It's that time of year to start getting your products ready um, for the holiday season. So let's just go ahead and jump into it. Um, but first things first, we just want to get to know everybody a little bit better. Um, feel free to hop um, to pop something in the chat, like maybe where you're dialing in from, um, how long you've been selling with Amazon, um, even what kind of products you sell, or maybe like a product category, whatever you feel comfortable with. All right. Um, and also just want to introduce you to our console. Um, this is relatively new. We had it for our, um, our last webinar, but just wanted to kind of walk you through it um, on, I, I guess it's the left-hand side. Um, uh, on your left-hand side, you can ask a question. Um, you can learn a little bit about um, me and Zach in the speaker bios, and um, you could take a quick survey about our content. Um, tell us a little bit more about what it is that you're looking to do, what problems you're looking to solve. Um, we've got some additional content um, that is a webinar on demand. It's New Year, New Goals. Prepare your FBA business for success in 2023. Um, we'll talk a little bit about our free advertising audit um, at, the, at the end of the presentation. But if you do want an advertising audit, um, that is something that Mayan offers for free. And there's no obligation. And basically, we just tell you, like, what are the opportunities um, that you have and how can you sell more um, on Amazon on, as an Amazon seller? And if you're interested in scheduling a call with one of our Amazon experts, um, you can click that button that says book now. All right, let's hop on into it. So um, wanted to just introduce you, um, anyone that is new um, of who Mayan is. Mayan is the only PPC optimization platform that was built by MIT data scientists. And our customer success managers are proven Amazon and PPC experts. This is one of our uh, differentiators. Um, you know, a lot of our competitors, they are not matching you with necessarily Amazon or PPC. PPC experts, they're matching you with 
um, platform experts, but um, our customer success managers actually are either current or past Amazon sellers, and they're all Google PPC and Amazon PPC experts. We believe that that unique combination of technology and expertise is really driving our unrivaled FBA growth and revenue for our customers. And I'll hand it over to Zach, where he can talk a little bit about Gemba. Thank you. Yeah, so Gemba is a product development platform where we help our customers research, design, source, and manufacture products. Uh, we have a global vetted network of factories that's almost over 3,000 now in China, India, Vietnam, Mexico, and some countries in Central and South America. Um, we have a designer network that have worked at places like Under Armour and Weber Grills and Dyson uh, that help create your products. You can go sell them and make a ton of money. Um, and yeah, we're, we're also venture-backed by some uh, big uh, firms in Texas, and we're definitely excited to be here with Mayan and spread some knowledge on the product development process. Thank you. Um, so whenever we're taking a look at like uh, what products did well, um, we just kind of want to go through a couple different listings and say, um, you know, this is what did well, and um, perhaps maybe this is why it did not do so well. But in order to get that information, um, we are going into, um, we have two different tools. Um, moving on to the next slide, we've got Mayan's profitability. Oopsies, I'm going a little fast. Um, I'm going to go ahead and ask the question to our audience. Um, how do you define whether a product performed well um, according to what your processes are? What are some of the things that you are looking for? Um, with Mayan, the thing that we are actually looking for and the thing that helps us define success really is profitability, uh, product profitability, product ranking, and then also good customer reviews. Um, if it's selling, you're getting good reviews, you've got that, um, that selling velocity, that is really a good performer. One of the things we want to talk about is the profitability dashboard. Um, so what our customer success managers um, have found is that there's a lot of reports and it takes a lot of time to really get to understand um, profitability um, your, your margin, your ad spend, um, and what that return on um, ad spend is. And so we put together a profitability dashboard for our customers. We're going to be rolling it out within the next few months. But this is really everything that you need as a seller at your fingertips to make those decisions very, very quickly and to really understand if your product is doing well, if it's performing well, um, if you've got a good return on ad spend um, and, and really where, you know, it helps you uncover those opportunities really quickly. And we're going to roll this out within the next few months uh, to our customers. Another tool that we use is brand analytics. And this really is, um, this is a look at um, search volume by ASIN. And this is also, it's going to give you a lot of um it's going to give you a lot of ideas on what products are doing well um, and what is that click share and that conversion share by ASIN. I think it also gives you a really good understanding at how keywords are used and what that search volume is um, 
her keywords. I think this is a very educational tool and everyone should really be digging into it. I know the marketing team over at Mayan loves to dig into this and see like what products are doing well. And, and it's just, I don't know, it's a ton of fun for us. But we're going to take a look on the next slide about some products that did really well in Q3. Um, it's no shock in Q3, a backpack did really well. Um, you know, that's seasonality for products. Um, Q3 is whenever parents are going to look for back to school supplies. And obviously every kiddo wants a new backpack. So a couple things that, um, you know, we see that really popped out and, and how we're noticing success and why they are at the, the top of the search is um, number one, you're getting a coupon. There is a great uh, title for this listing. Um, it, let's see, uh, there, there are bundles available. Um, and even moving on to the next slide, one of the things that we have noticed is, I mean, like if you look at this title, it is, there's so much information in this and it really allows your listing to be optimized uh, for search. And so um, I just looked for a backpack pretty recently. And I know that I spent a long time looking for backpacks because there are so many options out there, but like once you've traveled with a backpack, you definitely know what you don't want and what you do want, and you can get really, really narrow with your search. Um, the thing that I like here is that it, it, it says work, it says travel, uh, it says college, it says school, it says computer bags, it's got USB port, it's water resistant. So they're getting very, very specific about what their product is. Um, hidden under that key traits in the title, the 15.6 inch notebook, you're going to see that there is an Amazon badge. Um, the great thing about the badge is once you earn the badge, you just keep, you know, it sets you up for additional sales on and on and on. When I start looking a little bit more into this listing, they've got amazing photos. Um, they're really digging into like all the different use cases for this backpack. Um, it's not only just for a school, school age kiddo, but it's really for an adult, whether they're going to college or they're traveling with it. So it's, it's showing those different use cases. Um, but then the other thing is, is I'm noticing um, that it's really kind of hitting all the different sizes of the computer in there. So again, this is a great listing. It did well, um, but it got really, they got really specific and they got the badge. So just shows that it's really performing well. Um, we looked at a couple other different products um, and I wanna, I wanna move fast because I want Zach to be able to have some time. I can just rattle on here. But um, this shower curtain, it did very, very well. Again, it's got an Amazon Choice badge and Amazon Choice badge is given to the products that it is like an exact fit for that keyword. So it's like every single time this keyword comes up, this ad comes up and people buy it. It's like um, a key in a, in a lock tumbler, like it just fits. And um, some of the reasons why that is the case is because they've got so many options. Um, they've got a lot of options whenever you have I believe it's four different sizes and 18 different colors. I mean, that's like 80 different options. So um, wonderful listing and product here. The other thing I wanna say is um, they've got a very competitive price. And whenever you have a product that is um, very light 
and you know you can really have some reductions on on your shipping costs allows you to be a little bit more flexible and competitive with your pricing let's see let's dig on in okay and now a um a listing that did not do as well um so they have a badge and are, are they're they're shown as a bestseller one thing that I've noticed here is, um, you know, you've got a lot of people that are in these sponsored advertising spots that are they're kind of like taking up the top of the fold. And it's not to say that they're always going to be at the top of the fold. It really depends on screen size. But I mean, you're you're losing a top of um, the fold for sure placement by not advertising. And whenever you have a bestseller, when you have a lot of options, um, whenever you have a very competitive price, uh, you can really kind of mess things up by not advertising. Um, it's, it's a really easy win to advertise and also have your, um, your listing set up properly. And so you just really want to give your product enough chance to really hit that sales velocity. So you can, you can get all the kudos that you can get from, um, uh, from Amazon. So I'm going to, I think we've got one additional product next, and um, I'm just going to dig in a little bit around keywords. Um, in Q4, obviously the ugly Christmas sweater did very well. Everyone's going to their ugly Christmas sweater parties. Oh, that was so fun. Um, so I will say that this listing did really well. We've got a lot of different options. Um, and Whenever I'm looking at um, brand analytics and I'm looking at the keywords, the search terms, and I'm looking at what did well, what, I'm, what I am seeing out of this is they used a really specific search term. And I think a lot of us can fall into this trap. It's holiday. Let me do like gifts for women or gifts for men. And you have to really understand how keywords work. Whenever you're doing gifts for men and women, that's a huge pool of people that are trying to be in there. And it's not a very intentional keyword. Um, whenever you're going to get a lot of browsers and you're going to get people that are clicking and you're going to be paying for that click. That's, that's just a waste of your budget. So we really want to focus on keywords with intention Someone has obviously decided that they want or they need an ugly Christmas sweater. And really, it's just a matter of, of looking for gender and then finding the, their right brand of ugliness for that party. So, um, you know, what I can say here is just be very, very diligent about your keywords. Um, don't focus on the big for awareness, but, you know, focus on the really exact for conversion, um, you know, Amazon is an intentional platform. People are there to buy things. It's not a browsing platform, although people do browse, but you're going to pay for that. So just get those um, keywords very intentional. And then I'm going to hand it over to Zach and talk a little bit about product journey. Sure. Thank you. <clears throat> um, so before we go too deep into this, you know, as it relates to the topic of, you know, what you should know about launching a product on Amazon or new product on Amazon. The first thing you got to think about is why do this, right? Like, why are we launching new products? If you think about the biggest brands in the world, the biggest product brands in the world, the apples, car companies, apparel companies, they've kind of ingrained in our mindset that 
we need to innovate in order to survive, right? Apple comes out with a new phone and new products almost every single year. Uh, apparel companies come out with a fall line, a winter line, a spring line, and a summer line, right? Car companies come out with a new car every year, right? So we're kind of in this mindset that we need constant innovation on products out there. Um, and so, you know, kind of the mindset that we take at Gamba is that we can help find those uh, opportunities help create those innovations that ultimately solve consumers' problems. And so we'll get into the detail of what that looks like from a research perspective later. But first, you know, before you got, dive into the actual research, there's a few things that we think about in terms of uh, the type of investment and risk profile it is to launch a product. And so if you go to the next slide, um, Product journeys really have, you know, these basic concepts into, you know, developing and launching them ultimately from a manufacturing and R&D perspective. Um, there's the research side of it, which is really where the product development journey starts, where you're looking at, you know, markets, competitors, consumer behavior, trying to really hone in on what product to launch and what feature sets you want to enhance, create, uh, or just launch without any, any changes on maybe you strike gold and there's a product just waiting for you on at a factory that you can you know put on, on Amazon and do really well with. If you're going on the, the actual development side of it, there's a few things that you can get into um, once you've done the research is to start understanding what's feasible and what's not. And we do that in the con concepting and design phase um, and ultimately ending up in the sourcing phase. So in the concepting phase, you're kind of putting your ideas on paper and making sure that, you know, what you have designed can be feasible and actually manufactured at a large scale. Once you have that concepting done, you go into actual full-scale design, which, you know, if, if you're not technical, you will need, you know, designers, engineers, depending on the type of product it is. Um, industrial designers are typically, you know, meant for soft goods and apparel. Uh, if you have hard goods that have mechanical parts, you'll need a mechanical engineer. And finally, if you have an electromechanical product, which is anything that has electronics in it, has a PCB, you'll, at the very least, you'll need an electrical engineer and potentially a software engineer as well to make sure that all the parts are communicating with each other. And finally, you're going to then engage factories across the world to make sure that whatever you design is is actually feasible and can be manufactured. And that process is called Design for Manufacturing, or DFM where you know you're working back back and forth with the factory to ultimately get the product into a large manufacturable state um, and then finally you get into production and logistics so that's the basic concepts if you go into the next slide you can kind of break that down into different types of product uh, journeys that we get. like that's how we conceptualize it at gimba there's three big you know differentiators here so we have branded customized and unique so when we think of branded you'll notice that a lot of the development and, and design has been removed. This is typically what a white label product would look like. I'm going to a factory. I've done my research. I see that there's an opportunity in this niche or this market. I go to a factory and I source directly something that's off the shelf. I, um, you know, can make some maybe slight variations to the SKU based on uh, colors or slight changes, you know, that the factory can do really quickly. And I can get this into production and into my warehouse really fast. You know, the timeline and risk tolerance for this is pretty low. Like it, this could take somewhere between, you know, one to three months ultimately to source and, and do the research and ultimately get into your warehouse depending on how fast you want to pay for shipping. 
The risk tolerance is also pretty low because you don't have to pay for molds and tools. Most likely, again, this is something that the factory can offer you off the shelf. And this is where a lot of the, uh, I would say, historical Amazon sellers sit. They, they find a product on Alibaba at a factory. It's ready to go. We launch it and we you know make that money. The next one is customized, which is making some slight changes to an existing product, but using design to do that. Um, this one, you know, typically doesn't have any changes to moving parts or electronics. So again, you can make some cosmetic changes. You can maybe change the casing of how it looks, um, but you're not really moving how the mechanics and the electronics work in a product. So, you know, if I have a cup, for example, and I want to make it four ounces or eight ounces, or I want to have a window that comes with again, mechanically, I'm not changing the volume of how much I can drink in the, in the cup. I'm making some cosmetic changes, which is much, again, much easier to get out out the door. And finally, when you get into unique, um, we're talking about a full scale design, which is much more uh, time consuming and the risk tolerance is much, much higher as you should go into that uh, because you are engaging designers, engineers, you are going into a full development cycle with factory partners. Uh, you are sourcing from multiple factories and you're going to have to pay most likely for molds and tools and electronics. You have to pay for, you know, the bill of materials and all the different, you know, labor it takes to create a totally new PCB uh, and get that into your, um, get that into your product and ultimately into your customer's warehouse. Um, so just to kind of give you an example of what a, a very, you know, full-scale development cycle could look like from a timeline perspective. You want to go to the next slide. Um, typically, we see that, you know, if you want to get into a development cycle of a product that's, that is never been created before that requires designers and engineers, you can see here it takes almost a year to do so. Um, there's, you know, at least, a, at least four weeks in research where you're trying to figure out what you need to do to innovate and make that product differentiate it from somewhere from other products that are on the market. Once you get into the design perspective, you know, you can make concepts and designs pretty quickly, and then you're into the sourcing. And the sourcing side of it includes that design for manufacturing part of it, where you're working with the factories hand in hand and trying to make sure that all the designs match and that the factories can make the molds and tools um, and can get your product into a mass manufacturable state. And then again, production, depending on how long your factory takes to get the raw materials, and create the product and ultimately get into your warehouse that can range, you know, up to a few months to do that. So again, if you're going down the product development cycle and you want to create something that's never been created before, we call it a unique product. Um, you would expect to spend, a, you know, a good amount more money on the development side and a lot more time in the, um, in the, the in the actual sourcing side and, and the factory management and, and production side. And you should expect to spend significantly more money. But the payoff or the trade-off with that is if you create something that's completely new to the, you know, to the world, you can patent it with utility and, and design patents. Um, you have a pretty defensible mode as you're the first to market with a product like this. And you kind of set the tone for your brand going forward. So your payoff is exponentially higher than if you have a white label product, for example, where, or, where the barriers to entry to get that product are pretty much zero and anyone can start putting a label onto it and marketing it. So it's kind of a potentially on the other side of the coin where it's you may be first to market, but there's going to be a race to the bottom in terms of pricing. It's something that we saw, you know, at Gemba with uh, massage guns, as an example, when we first launched a massage gun a few years ago, the pricing, you know, could absorb $150 to $200 as a price target. Now, if you look on Amazon and try and buy a massage gun, 
you can get them for 20 bucks. So like that, the technology has gotten so readily adopted by the factories that the cost of those raw materials has gone down so significantly and the barriers to entry have gone down so significantly that's become a commoditized product. Whereas again, like you see the hyper ices and you see the other large brands who aren't selling them on Amazon or didn't launch on Amazon, they've actually developed and creating new products. They're creating smaller versions of it and they're creating new products that help continue down that life cycle. So it's a very different conversation when you're going to a unique product versus a commoditized product. Um, so the next slide, you know, I want to talk more in depth about product research. Um, I'll kind of touch very briefly on this, but ultimately this is the first step. Uh, go ahead. Yeah, I just want to hop in there really quickly and just say if anyone is having problems with uh, the slides progressing, just go ahead and refresh your browser and uh, that should take care of everything. Okay, sorry about that, Zach. No problem. Um, so really what product research is, uh, is about is finding how to solve problems that others ignore in their product, right? There's a ton of tools out there that can do this from an Amazon perspective. There's Helium 10, there's Jungle Scout, there's Brain Analytics, there's Zon Guru. There's a ton of stuff out there that can help you kind of hone in on opportunities. Um, but ultimately the devil's in the detail of the data of what you're going to do to help solve that. And so, you know, I want to go through just a quick example of, of you know, a product out there, Zon Guru, that kind of helps demonstrate that. And we wanted to take an example from the dog toy category um, as kind of our, our, our testing environment here. Um, so if you type in dog toys as a category and you look at opportunities, this is kind of where a lot of a lot of the revenue is coming in from a cat from the product perspective. So overwhelmingly dog ball launchers in the last you know year or so have dominated the revenue. That doesn't mean that it's the most num number of products being sold. It just means that the most revenue is being sold there. So maybe there's some you know key winners there that you know are in the product space that um, you know are dominating that that category. Uh, maybe not as we get into the detail of that, we'll kind of un unwrap or uh, unravel what that looks like. Um, but really, this this first lens from your perspective should be seen as like, where do you where do you want to compete? Do you want to compete where all the revenue is coming in or do you want to go after maybe a smaller niche with not as much competition? Um, so the next slide we can go into the first is like a dog water toy. Right. So if you look at like this again, this is on Guru. There's again, there's tons of other toy or tools out there that can help. If you look at the niche score, you know, there's it's a 64, which, you know, signals that there's potential for opportunity here. Um you know, there's a large revenue opportunity. You look at some characteristics, you know, where the pricing should be. That's going to depend on where, you know, uh, what kind of product you have. But typically their average pricing for this product specifically is around 24 bucks. So if you think of manufacturing costs, you know, you're probably going to want to manufacture this for somewhere around a quarter of that um, to make sure you have, you know, solid margins going forward. And then you can see what it looks like from a monthly revenue perspective and a launch budget perspective. And again, that's if you do basic, no development, basic to, no, to little development uh, on the product. Maybe you can go white label or change some things with the factory to you know, launch that product. Um, same thing with the next product, Flirt Pole for Dogs. Again, a much higher niche score. You know, This is getting, kind of honing in on the competition. Again, kind of going in tandem with that first slide as you get to this, the lower percentages of the revenue, you're probably going to see a larger opportunity for you to dominate or, or tap into this market. Again, with the lower, with the smaller, with the smaller numbers, you're also going to have a lower monthly revenue number. But again, it's kind of like, where does your brand align? What are your revenue goals? And is this something that you can 
maybe dominate the category and because the launch budget for this one's significantly less than it is on the dog water toy. So again, these are things you got to be thinking about as you start to launch products. Like what's my manufacturing costs? What's my launch budget look like? What's my revenue opportunity and how fast can I get to the dominating spot on Amazon? And, you know, top of page one, of course, is where I want to be. And the next one is a crate toy for dogs. Again, a little bit more expensive on the launch budget, not as much of a niche, you know, from a score perspective as the flirt pole. So, you know, maybe not as great of an opportunity, but the revenue, if you dominate, is going to be, you know, higher than the flirt pole. And then finally, dog ball launcher, which was the dominating one. Um, as you can see, the launch budget is the highest. The price is the highest. Um, your revenue opportunity isn't even the highest there. So there might be some large players in this space that are dominating that product category. And coincidentally, they also have the lowest niche score. So your opportunity to potentially tap into this product is probably the lowest with the highest launch budget. So again, these are things that you got to think about when you go into launching your product is what process do you want to have in terms of, you know, am I going to go down the white label, white label product journey? Am I going to maybe make some slight tweaks to try and make some, you know, differentiations from what's out there? Or do I want to completely innovate, um, on a product. And if you want to go down the completely innovate route, um, a, a tool that's in Zangru that may be helpful for you to start keying in on what uh, product differentiators are out there. If you go into the next slide is the love hate word cloud. So you can kind of see um, what reviews are ge- are being given by customers in the, in that specific product category. And so you can see like, okay, well, a lot of them have tennis balls, uh, that they like about that. Maybe that's because tennis balls are cheap. You don't have to, you know, they're easily replaceable and every dog loves a tennis ball. Right. So, you know, um, it's like a month old, like maybe that's the age, you know, that a dog should start using that toy. Right. You kind of hone in on, you know, what can I do to differentiate? Maybe you want to go after, you know, a puppy instead of a month old, right? Like I want to have a dog toy for puppies because puppies, you know, have a ton of energy and you want to get them out there and, under, you know, and, and, and kind of expend that energy faster. And this is a great way to do that, right? On the flip side, hate, uh, tennis balls also comes out there. So maybe they don't like the fact that there's a tennis ball, right? So you kind of have to dig into this type, type of data and understand um, what, you know, the, the product feedback is from the customers, which is a great way to learn on how to innovate and then hone in on what you want to actually uh, innovate in from that product. And then finally, um, keyword research. Again, this kind of goes back to brand analytics and the stuff that, you know, April was talking about, you know, once you understand where your product differentiators are, once you have an understanding of how to, diff- how to develop it, and once you understand, you know, potential budget, now you got to figure out how you market it and launch the product um, which you can do by, you know, capturing keywords and, and bid information, how much you're going to spend on advertising to do that. And you can hone in on, okay, here's the actual budget from a development perspective. Here's the budget from a keyword perspective and an advertising perspective. Now I have my total budget. Is the risk worth that pay, you know, based on monthly volume that I expect to see by capturing up to position one on Amazon's you know search engine. So, all that to say is it's a really cool, exciting opportunity. Now is the time to you know, start investing in product development. Uh, again, the, the big brands do it either on a quarterly, monthly, or yearly, or, or semi-annually basis. Um, that's kind of what customers are expecting. So as you start to think about 
your goals for 2023 and beyond? Like, how do you start innovating on your existing products? How do you start adding new products and new SKUs to your catalogs so that you have a successful 2023 and beyond? Great. Thank you so much. So now we're going to hop into uh, your advertising launch strategy and how to advertise your products for a product launch on Amazon. So we'll go to the next one. Um, so I had a conversation with Andrew Laird, who is the head of our uh, customer success team. And he um, he has an FBA store um, and sells a lot of like uh, scuba diving equipment and th stuff of that nature. And um, he was talking about what he does when he launches his own um, products. A very recent product that he launched with only a $15,000 advertising budget um, netted him a $90,000 in sales in just one month. And so we've kind of like got this all down to, I mean, obviously we got this down to a science, but you know, this is really how you kick off your ads for a really successful um, product launch. Um, the first thing is you definitely want to advertise on Amazon. And the reason for that is over 50% of all revenue comes from advertising efforts. Um, and that has is something that has, has really changed over the last few years. Um, you know, over the last five or six years, only about uh, ten to twenty percent of advertising uh, or total revenue came from advertising. Um, so, to get ready for your your overall launch strategy, um, you know, focusing on keyword targeting. Um, so that was something that we talked about a, um, a little while ago, but whenever you launch a new product, you want to be thinking first about your, your keyword, keyword strategy and keyword targeting. Um, use tools like brand analytics to really understand the volumes around uh, keywords, things that are working for competitors, keyword targeting. Um, it, so what we like to do is really set up like, First is the exact phrase and then like a broader match that is really going to give you kind of like a, a full territory on, on how you need to search. On product targeting, this is a great way to uh, get your cost per click down, um, but it's really expanding your reach within Amazon. Um, so we found that product targeted ads, whenever you're targeting specific products and competitors, you're actually showing up on their, their product page. Um, I know whenever I was talking to Andrew, he said that this is kind of frustrating for him that other brands are showing up on his product page. But um, if you don't have your own product page, it is a great opportunity to show up in those places. Um, let's see. Um, and one of the other main things that is really going to drive that strategy is, is not just what you're doing on Amazon, but also what you're doing off of Amazon. So um, you really want to uh, think about that entire customer journey um, and kind of think like a marketer. I mean, think about how you are looking for products um, and, and what you are going, those steps that you're going through. You know, typically whenever I'm looking for a product, um, before I get to Amazon, I'm actually looking on uh, Google. I'm searching different products. Um, I'm looking on Instagram. I'm looking on Facebook. And so um, we definitely recommend all of our customers to, to really invest in that off Amazon um, marketing. So that's going to be organic search. That's going to be paid search. I'm sorry. That's going to be, um, be organic social, paid social, and then Google PPC. 
Um, another thing that you definitely want to think about is the expected returns that you're going to get on your um, your advertising. Um, you know, whenever you launch, you shouldn't really expect more than a, um, a one or two ROAS. Um, but sometimes, you know, whenever you're you you have everything perfect, you've got your listing um, that is set up properly. You've got the right keywords. You've invested in keyword targeting um, that is going to be very specific product targeting, which is really going to be focused on that category, uh, you can hit some really great sales velocity. And so whenever you do that, Amazon rewards you. They really want to set up all products to be as successful as possible. So within the first few weeks, they're really going to put you um, at the top of the search and just give you as much of an opportunity as you, you can possibly have. And so it's best to really have all these ducks in a row and have this strategy all set out before you launch your product because you are getting that honeymoon period and you do have access to that honeymoon period from Amazon and it can get you on your way to, to earning a badge or, um, or earning, earning some sort of badge from Amazon. Moving on to the next, um, I want to talk a little bit about sponsored display audience targeting. Um, there is contextual targeting versus audience targeting. Um, contextual targeting is the type of targeting that we've been talking about. It's the, the keywords, the categories, and the products. Um, audit, audience targeting really is based upon purchase behavior and lifestyle. It's, it's what you're going to see um, whenever you are doing advertising on Facebook. It's all about different behaviors. Um, um, whenever I first learned about con, um, audience targeting, that was like 10 or 15 years ago, um, Target really pioneered this type of um, targeting. And they they really realized that they could take the demographics of their, their shoppers and they can overlay this audience targeting and really start to understand and, and and serve up different ads to their their shoppers to that are right for their lifestyle. For instance, if um, you know Amazon starts to see me um, shopping for maybe a dog collar or a dog toy, um, audience targeting is going to say, "Hey, this person looks like that she actually just bought a dog. Uh, let's maybe show her some dog kennels. Let's show her um, some dog clothes, or you know, like a doggy mat or something like that." So that is aud audience targeting, and it can be extremely powerful. Um, and then the last thing I want to talk about is purchase remarketing, um, also view remarketing. That's another very powerful tool. Um, I mean, there is a, um, a, a saying in marketing that your best new customers are your current customers. And it's because your current customers and people that are already very familiar with you are going to buy from you. They've had a great experience. Um, you know, people want to buy from people that they trust and they want to give them business again not out of goodwill, but because it's it's very easy for them. I bought a product from them. I know them. It worked. And I mean, at the end of the day, that's exactly what people are looking for. So utilizing that uh, views and purchase remarketing is something that we turn on for almost all of our customers. And moving to the next one, this is sponsored display uh, CPC versus C, I'm sorry, CPC versus VCPM. Um, 
so there are three different ways that you can um, optimize adver- advertising in Amazon. It is for uh, views. I'm sorry. It is for conversions. It's for page views and it's for awareness. And this VCPM basically is views per thousand. And so if you really dig into um, there is, uh, you know, the the results of a couple different campaigns, if you dig into it, um, you'll see that it's it's very expensive to get these um, these views and they don't convert very well. Um, you know, I'm looking at the um, click through rate and I'm seeing that for every thousand impressions, you're going to get less than one sale. And so um, this this really isn't the most effective way to optimize your advertising on Amazon. It really needs to be optimized for conversions. Um, just think about the marketplace. It's a very intentional marketplace. You know, Google is a browsing place. It's where you can do your shopping. It's where you can um, do your, um, you know, just really identifying what products um, you're interested in. But once you identify them, you tend to come to Amazon and there's more intention in that purpose um, and in that. So you want to make sure that you're matching your keywords uh, with that are very intentional and then you're setting up your advertising to where it's very intentional as well. And that is optimizing for conversion. And that's basically it. So one thing that we talked a little bit about earlier on in the presentation is that Mayan offers a free advertising audit. And basically what this is, is we take about 90 to 120 days of your selling data and we we take a look at it. And this is with one of our um, our customer success managers and they look for different opportunities. Um, it's It's not only how your advertising is doing, but it's also taking a look at different keywords. It's also taking a look at that listing because at the end of the day, you know, you really need the health of your listing and your keywords to have a really successful um, store. So that is something that is, again, no strings attached. And we definitely welcome anybody to take advantage of that. And um, we're excited to have you do that. I want to also talk to you a little bit about um, the two different products that we offer at Mayan. Um, Again, it's PPC optimization um, platform. We have a smart ads platform, and that is it's really um, for people who know how to do PPC. They feel really comfortable doing it themselves, and they're looking to grow their FBA. And then also we have a managed advertising um, service. That is where our customer success managers are using the smart ads platform. So it really is two technology. I'm sorry, it's one technology, but it's two different ways of using it. Smart ads platform, which is you doing it yourself. And then our managed advertising platform where you are paired with a customer success manager. And then Zach, do you want to talk a little bit about your offer there at Gimba? Sure. Um, we are offering a 10% off your first product journey with us. Um, so all those different types of journeys that I mentioned earlier, the unique branded and customized, um, whether it's a product you already have or a product you want to develop, we're offering you a 10% discount to start your journey with us. So feel free to email info at gemba.com and mention this webinar, and we'll be happy to help you on your journey. Great, thank you. 
We just want to tease our next um, webinar that is coming up on February 23rd. Um, we are going to do an Ask Me Anything um, with a few of our seven-figure Amazon sellers. These are our customer success managers. They are the people that work with our customers on their advertising strategy. And um, so basically you, you log in. We're going to have a couple different topics that we want them to talk about, but basically we just want um, anybody to come in and ask us anything and, um, you know, see how we can help you move, maneuver through your journey. All right. Thank you so much. Um, unless there's any questions um, from the audience. What do you think are going to be successful products in 2023 on Amazon? Are there any products I should avoid? Um, we always say that there's a couple different, I, I feel like I should give this to Zach. Um, um, you know, I, 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 if I knew and I had a crystal ball of what would do well and what wouldn't, I'd be selling them, but I don't. So you never really know what uh, products are you know going to do well and which aren't. Um, you know, what we think about in terms of developing products is how are you going to differentiate? So I think that's more of the key of, from our perspective of, uh, you know, what products will do well versus what won't. Um, there's certain insights you can gain from factories to see what, you know, if you have good relationships with your factories, maybe they'll tell you what's on trend or what's selling well. And you can start, you know, hypothesizing and getting some uh, tidbits from them as well as to maybe color schemes or something like that that can help you, you know, differentiate your products or launch new variations of your products um in terms of products to avoid um you know again i think it depends on your budget uh if you're got a lower budget i would try and avoid the highly competitive products <laughs> as a general rule of thumb and just to hop in there a, a little bit i mean something that we have um We've definitely noticed is uh, clothing tends to be something that is returned a lot, so um, that can that can really bog a lot of sellers down, especially if you don't have a whole lot of time in order to handle that. And then also returns can be pretty costly. So, um, you know, we always want to get our sellers in the position to where they are reducing returns as much as possible. Um, pharmaceuticals, well, not pharmaceuticals, vitamins, let me just say, um, tend to be very difficult um, because, you know, there's just, there's so much guidance around that and they um, need to be approved. And it's, it's very deep into, you know, the legality of like what can be said and what can't be said. So that can be extremely time consuming. So products that, um, you can really describe well, you're able to photograph very well, um, that there's opportunity within those keywords. Um, and you feel like that, you know, you've taken a look and you feel like you've got the budget to really advertise um, because 50 percent of of all the revenue that you're going to generate is going to come from advertising. So not doing the advertising, you, you're almost like you know slashing your, your revenue in half. So um, I think that that's a great thing to think about. And I think that's it. All right. Thank you, everyone.
Thank you for listening to Myonomics, where we break down the strategies on how to sell and scale on Amazon. This content was sponsored by Mayan, a PPC and inventory optimization platform for Amazon sellers. Mayan provides a free advertising audit to show you how well your advertising could be performing. Learn more at try.mayan.co slash audit.